This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. You're listening to The Treatment Room with Tess and Lauren, the podcast by estheticians, for estheticians, and those who seek to learn about their own skin from a professional's perspective. We're diving into our whys as licensed skincare therapists, sharing in our career journeys, and separating the gimmicks from the real heroes in skincare. Welcome to The Treatment Room. Hi guys, what's up? It's Tess. You are just getting me today. I have been seeing a pattern of requests wanting to hear more about resumes and the whole outreach process when kind of working towards getting your first job. So I wanted to walk you through the structure of a resume, how to reach out to potential employers, and how to actually get your dream job. So we're going to go through all of that. I remember when I was transitioning from my corporate job, just how kind of overwhelmed I felt. And I felt like a lot of my job experiences weren't relevant. I want to kind of dispel that myth and explain why everything you do, whether you are in high school, whether you've gone to college, no matter where you are in life, how all of your experiences can be relevant. And I want to give you guys some little secrets and tips and tricks. Before I was an esthetician, I actually worked in the magazine world and I would go through tons of resumes. So I do have some experience on the hiring side and just looking at so many resumes, you get a feel for the ones that stand out. So I'm going to talk you guys through the elements that I think make a resume stand out. So we will go ahead and just dive into the podcast. Okay, guys, I am going to lead with my secret here. I don't want to wait and bury it until the end, but I want to talk about my secret for getting the actual job you want. And I have talked about this before. I know I have YouTube videos on it, so I will link those as well. But the secret, I believe, to getting jobs you want, and when I think back on the most memorable and special jobs I've had, they've been jobs that I have pursued. So What I mean by this is when I'm applying for jobs, I do not take the traditional route of waiting for a job posting and applying to it. So this is just my theory. I know that works for many people. And if you want to do that, go ahead. But this is just, I think, my little secret and what has worked for me. The reason I think it works, and by it, I mean Finding the actual job you want, like thinking of your actual dream job, writing a list of, it could be just one place, it could be five, the places that you would absolutely die to work at and that you think are almost like unattainable, you're not 
ready for like your absolute dream jobs. I want you to write those down and I want you to look into the contact person, whether it is the business owner, the spa owner, the HR department, no matter what kind of job it is, this can be applicable to you. So step one is find the place you want to work at. Step two, and my kind of secret here, is the informational interview. So there's a few reasons I love an informational interview and that I think it can lead to the best job experiences is because number one, it's way more specific than just applying to a job posting. I think when you are intentional with the universe and your goals, I think things tend to line up for you when you put a specific intention out there. And if anybody has ever listened to The Secret or read that book, I guess this kind of reflects that. And whether you believe in that or not, if you think about a time you wanted to get a parking space and you were just very positive about it. You envision yourself pulling into that parking space and you got it. I think this is kind of similar. I think when you put your intentions out there to do a certain thing and you just eliminate all the negativity behind it, you just assume you are going to get it. It is meant for you. You are deserving of it. I really think the universe tends to want to line that up for you call me crazy. It's kind of what I believe, but I think kind of on a more realistic side of things, I think when a company sees you reach out to them, whether a job is posted or not, I think they feel really special and they feel like you have sought them out and that you specifically want to work for them. When you are just kind of getting a stream of 500 applications or however many, you know, you might think, oh, maybe they're applying because it's a convenient time in their life. Maybe they need a job. There's all these things. It may not be the best fit. If somebody's intentionally reaching out and saying they want to work there, there's a good chance that they have their eye on this and they're willing to take the risk, maybe wait a certain length of time until things open up. You just know that that person really has the company top of mind. So one of the reasons I love that is it is a very specific way of reaching out to an employer. The second thing I love about an informational interview is that A lot of times when job postings are posted, maybe that position has actually been available for two months or so. It actually takes a long time to get a position approved, which I've learned from being on the other side of hiring. It takes a long time to, you know, officially get a position approved, to write the job description, to have HR, you know, clear the different things and make sure there's a salary available. takes a number of steps. The more corporate something is, the longer it can take. So I know when I was working at Hollywood Reporter or E! News, we would have a position available and we probably wouldn't get the job hosting up for like four months or so. So that's just time that we are sitting there and there's technically a position needing to be filled, but just we haven't 
done the necessary things to make that position officially available. So a lot of times you might not even know your dream job is just sitting there. So I think if you can take the initiative to reach out to somebody, there's a greater chance of them saying, A, either something's available. It's so funny you reached out. We actually just had a position open up, which happens actually a lot of times. And I know in the spa world, some companies can have, you know, more of a turnover rate than others. So maybe you just happen to email at the right time. Worst case scenario, the worst thing they could happen. So really don't be scared in reaching out. The worst thing is they say, I'm so sorry, there's nothing available, but you know, we'll keep your resume on file should anything open up. And when that does happen, you're top of mind to have your resume right there and they know you took the initiative to reach out. The last thing I love about an informational interview is that I think it really takes the whole pressure off of an official job interview situation. I myself, I feel like I can be really terrible in a job interview situation. I don't know why. I'm just, I've always struggled with anxiety. And when I think back on a lot of interviews I've had, there have been ones where I I know I've done amazing. I've been able to be myself. I felt confident. I felt like I was really present and listening to the questions and able to respond in a natural and intelligent way. Then there's times where especially early in my career, I was shaking. I would basically black out so I wouldn't be able to answer the question properly, which helps nobody when you're that nervous. It's just for nobody's benefit. So I think if you can take the pressure off with an informational interview, I just think that's a big advantage. So I've said this word a bunch, informational interview. What even is that? An informational interview is it may not even be, you know, technically for a certain position. It's really just to learn more about a job opportunity. So I remember in SD school when we were talking about how to actually get job interviews, I heard this word a lot, informational interview. Just set up an informational interview. You can do it while you're in school, and that way you can get a sense for what the job would actually be like. So I was just like, wow, that's so smart. I think I've actually done that before. And I thought about all the times I had cold emailed companies that I would just love to work at. And I think that came from a place of frustration, not hearing back from so many job opportunities that I eventually just started, you get hungry enough that you start reaching out, attaching your resume, and just asking if somebody would have time to meet for coffee to discuss more about the company. So that's really what it is. It is an opportunity for you to learn about the daily responsibilities, about the company culture, just get a feel for the setting and see if you would even like working there. I'm going to get into a few more questions you can ask in an informational interview later, but that is kind of just the broad overview of what it is. Okay, so next I want to get into a few steps to actually setting up this informational interview. 
The first is obviously to find the place you want to work and reach out and pitch yourself. So I actually used this whole little method when I was applying to Dermaplus. I was getting, you know, I just felt like I wasn't growing at the first job I got out of SD school. And I kind of just something clicked and I realized it wasn't a place where I could be forever and reach my highest potential. It was a great first intro into aesthetics, but it just wasn't for my highest good. So I started hearing about Dermaplus and it's very well known in San Francisco. It is really (laughs) tough to get an appointment and people just have a really high expectation for the services there. And I just kind of could understand that this was a place people went to for results. And I just, I knew the popular opinion meant that this was somewhere special. So I wanted to learn more about Dermaplus. And I am going to read you guys actually what I first said when I was reaching out to the owner. I went through my emails and I found my first little outreach email. So this is something that you guys could potentially use if you wanted to reach out to a potential employer, but I will just go to the email. So I titled this email Esthetician Introduction. Maybe there's something else that you think of, but, and by the way, so I sent this to the general like contact email. So every company has some sort of contact person. And maybe even if that is not the ideal person who would hire you, it will probably get forwarded to somebody who will read it. So don't think of the excuse, I can't find the contact information. I don't know who to contact. Just find someone and you can always follow up. You can always do a deeper dive on LinkedIn. Do what you have to do. But this worked for me just sending it to the general inquiry page. And most spas are going to have that contact info available for people who want to reach out and get services. So just keep that in mind. I like an email. I know the whole cold calling thing like implies you would get on the phone. I actually think with in doing that, it's a little bit messier. And I don't know if that's an unpopular opinion, but you'll probably get a receptionist who's getting a lot of calls. And I just think it's more confusing to say, I'm going to send you my resume. I think just sending it through email so they can easily forward it is kind of a good way to go. So I will read you guys what I said. So (laughs) a little bit casual. I said, hi there. I'm an esthetician and wanted to touch base regarding any any openings for a facialist slash esthetician. I am currently working at blank and I've taken a handful of Michelle Fallon, who is a mentor and a really great advanced aesthetics teacher. I said, I've taken a handful of Michelle Fallon's advanced classes at Concepts Institute and I graduated from Skyline College. My goal is to be somewhere where I can concentrate on and advance my facial services and continue to train with new modalities, product, and techniques. Skincare is truly my passion and I would be open to a new opportunity 
where that can be my focus. Within that realm, I'm very open to all all machines and facial services. I am an extremely diligent, hardworking, and passionate Estee and love nothing more than providing clients exceptional service and results. Please let me know if any of this sounds applicable to you and we can be in touch at your convenience should you have any availability now or down the line. I've attached my resume for your consideration. Have a wonderful rest of your week and I look forward to connecting. My best Test Zolly with my phone number, and then I attached my resume. Okay, so I know there's probably more perfect <laughs> outreach emails, but this is just what I said. And I think a few things that stand out about it are I let them know what I was looking for. I expressed that I was passionate. I told them kind of where I was at right now and the timeline I was looking for. I gave them a little bit about my work ethic. And I think I just, maybe I kind of veered on the end of over explaining and kind of having some long sentences. But I think at the end of the day, like my personality came across, I was polite. I spelled things correctly, I put my contact info in there, and I expressed sincere interest in their business. So that is just kind of my little pitch to myself. So I ended up getting a response actually right away, which was incredible. And maybe it doesn't happen the first place you reach out. Maybe it's like, kind of one out of five people that responds, but even so, just keep doing it until you get a response, but make sure they're places you really, really want to work. So then our emails kind of started going. Funny now, I didn't realize it, but the owner actually worked at Skyline too. So that was like a cool commonality we had. But so Step number two in this process of setting up the informational interview is setting up a time. I know this sounds like duh test, like so obvious, but you want to set up a time. And I think it's really important here to be flexible. You don't want to be like super difficult because then you just come across as you think your time is more important. So I would say like really say, which I said in the email, like at your convenience. And I would just make that time work. So whatever you have to do, if you have to request some time off at your other job, make it happen and be expedient in your, your replies respond, you know, right away. You don't want to let days go by between your emails because I think then things kind of get lost in the process. And it's just like, Set a time, stick to it, and be super gracious that they are taking the time out to talk to you because I feel like that is really underrated in society. Like people don't appreciate actual face to face time. Somebody taking time out of their business day is costing them money and they are taking the time to meet with you. So just be really gracious and set up the time, be there on time. And that leads me to the next part, which is the actual meeting. So 
when you actually meet, again, be on time, dress professional, just make sure you look nice and polished and put together. And I think generally like a nice top, probably not jeans. Of course, with in the spa world, it's a little bit different because you might be wearing something that's more casual in the workplace. But I think for a meeting, and I remember I wore a little blazer and some little uh, like loose fitting black slacks that were like kind of cuffed at the bottom. I don't want to get too much into like the outfit because I think it can vary so much, but I think just have a professional polished appearance. I kind of did like a simple light makeup look, but just emphasize glowing skin because glowing skin, I think that is just really attractive when an esthetician can showcase their own skin. It doesn't have to be perfect, but I would say just don't overdo it on the makeup if you are going for a position in skincare. So down to the actual meeting. I think it's important to talk about a little bit about yourself and what you're looking for. If you would be leaving a certain job, maybe emphasizing why you would be doing that and kind of turn it into a positive, like you are looking for an opportunity where you can really grow with the company, where you can gain more knowledge of services, that kind of thing. I think it's also important to lay out a timeline. For example, if you are still in school, make it clear that, you know, you would be taking your license on this day and you would be expected to, you would expect to be able to work starting this day, or you would be leaving your job in two weeks and able to start XYZ date. So just make some sort of a timeline. I think it's also important to ask questions in the informational interview. The whole point of this is that you are trying to get knowledge about their workplace and you could both kind of be deciding if it is a fit now or down the line. So remember that this is just as much for you as it is for them. So don't be afraid to ask questions. I think it's really important to get a sense of the company maybe read their services online, kind of if they have a social media presence, follow that. Just get as much of a sense of the company as you can so that you come across as well aware of what they offer, the type of company they are. And that way you don't have to ask super, super baseline questions that you could see on their website and you can get more into the nitty gritty and questions that would actually help you make an informed decision. So I think always an important question is what would the day-to-day be like? What services would you specifically be performing? What modalities do they work with? Maybe they can even, if you are at the spa, maybe they can give you a little tour. And I think it's also important to talk about any, you know, opportunities for growth. Although I think that can change so much. Like now I'm at Dermaplus and I will do, you know, little blog posts. I'm actually able to make some commission from people who reach out to me online for 
like online consultations. So, so much opportunity has come from just getting my feet in the door and kind of showing who I am and what I can do. So you may not be limited to what's kind of laid out in the beginning. It all depends on the person. Lastly, I think it's, this is your opportunity to ask about compensation. I know it can be hard to talk about money and it's kind of a tough topic, I think, especially as women, we're not always comfortable asking for what we deserve, but this is your time to get a sense for what estheticians make. I know a lot of times you guys ask me, what is the typical rate for an esthetician? And I usually don't have an answer because I think it depends so much on the state you live in, on the area you live in. And it really depends on the structure of payment. So spas are so different. Some are totally commission-based. Some are hourly. I think it's important to look for a job that has an hourly guaranteed rate plus percentage of services. So a percentage of the actual service would go towards your paycheck and then a percentage of the retail sales. And then probably, you know, a part of it is gratuity. So all of those things together, you can make a decent salary. As long as the pay structure is fair, it really depends on how busy the spot is. I'm so fortunate at Dermaplus. It's so popular that my books are filled months in advance, but I know there's spas or if you are just starting out somewhere, if it is a newer spa, it may be slower and it may be, you know, you are waiting in between appointments for somebody to, somebody to come. Maybe you're waiting for, for walk-ins. So it really depends how busy the spa is and if you can schedule the informational interview at the spa, I think you'll get a sense for how busy it is. But that's also, I think, a fair question to ask. How many services would you be performing per day? What would happen if somebody were to no-show? And what are the typical schedules for estheticians? Are they normally, you know, waiting in between appointments or are they normally fully booked appointment after appointment? Okay, so that is kind of what goes on in the meeting. I'm sure they will have some questions for you so you can just be prepared to talk about yourself a little bit. I think that's actually the first thing a lot of employers ask when you sit down just right off the bat. So tell me a little bit about yourself. And I know that can be kind of scary if you don't have anything prepared. So maybe that's something you can prepare ahead of time. This is where I work. This is what I've done in the past. This is what I'm looking for. This is what I really love to do. These are classes I've taken. So that is just a little you can say about yourself. The last step of the informational interview process is follow-up, which I know, again, sounds simple, but I think a lot of people might forget or not know that they really should, in proper etiquette, have a good follow-up. So I know, I think even like five years ago, it was more expected to send like a handwritten note, which I'm not saying that's not a beautiful thing. I think if you want to send a handwritten note, I think that says a lot about you actually. And I think it would be a nice touch to do that. But I also think you should reach out over email 
right after the interview. Reason being the mail just can take a little bit. So unless you're going to drop the note off right after the interview, it can take a few days. So I think it just looks good to say, you know, thank you so much for meeting me. And I will show you guys, or I will talk about what I actually said in my follow-up. So I said, hi there, blank name of owner. Thank you for taking the time to meet me this week and, uh, and allowing me to work on your skin. This is because I actually ended up doing an informational interview. And then I had a second one where I actually did a little facial on the owner. So I said, thank you for allowing me to work on your skin. It's been a pleasure getting to know more about Dermaplus and meeting the team. I'm very much looking forward to the next steps and immersing myself in learning more about Dermaplus. I hope I can assure you I'm eager to learn, grow, educate myself, and work super hard. Per your request, and so you have it for your reference, I am attaching my references here. And here is my available schedule. I would be available XYZ dates. Let me know if there's anything else needed on your end in the meantime. Thank you again for taking the time to meet. And I hope you have an amazing rest of your week. My best, Tess Zolli. So that is just a potential follow-up you could say. I think it's also nice to kind of highlight things you talked about in the, in the interview. So it comes across as really genuine. You know, I really enjoyed you showing me the modalities that you offer and showcasing what this salon is all about. If there's anything specific that stood out to, the, to you, if there were any little memorable moments in the interview, I think it's great to mention those and just make yourself stand out a person as much as you can. I think... What I really want to emphasize is there's so much, you know, hiring that goes on. It can be a really mundane process. Looking for good people to work for you is actually really hard. So don't underestimate yourself. I think the best thing you can do is come across as genuine, personable. And if that means you seeming like very enthusiastic, that's great. That's okay. I think at the end of the day, just being polite and being yourself is actually very underrated. So follow-up is key, just shows that you are grateful and you kind of have, you know, a good understanding of talking to people, working with people. It shows you're professional and that all carries over to any job. Okay. I want to get into the actual resume what goes on in a resume and the whole structure of it next. So I am pulling mine up. I'm pulling up the one I sent to Dermaplus when I was reaching out. So with resumes, I know there's so many different, you know, sites, even if you just give it a Google best free resume builders, there's so many different ones. I think even Microsoft Word can have some good templates. I love Canva. I use it all the time for YouTube. And when I'm creating any type of flyer or just like any material, I think Canva is great. You just have to sign up for it. I know there's a few more. There's one I found called Kick Resume. There's resume.com. There's CV Maker. I haven't tried any of those, but they're just names I've 
heard of. So you could give them a Google, find what works for you. I think with aesthetics, if you want to have like a little pop of color, like my resume had, it's kind of like a darker peach as the position title. That was like my one little pop of color, just because I think with aesthetics, it's it's a career where it doesn't necessarily have to be like a boring black and white resume. Maybe you even have your picture on there. Maybe you have some images of your social media. There's so many cool resumes out there. Mine is probably a little bit boring, but I think it's just a little bit different than standard like finance resumes or something. Something like that where beauty and you know, having fun with beauty is what it's all about. So I think it's okay to have a little bit of flair to your resume. But let's get into the meat of it. So I think it's really important you have your recent aesthetics job at the top of the resume. I know this seems obvious, but if you have had an aesthetics job and then maybe you picked up another job working somewhere else, I would still put the aesthetics job at the top, even if it's not chronologically the most recent place you are at, just because this is, you know, what they're actually looking for. So make it easy if they have to kind of weed through three or four jobs to see the aesthetics job. It's just like a little bit confusing. So I would say put that at the very top. So I will go into what this section says on my resume. So, so it says esthetician slash clean beauty expert, Credo Beauty, which is where I worked. And I have the dates I worked right next to it. So position and dates worked, I think is important. So next I will get into the bullet points of this job. And what I think is important here is kind of making your verbiage stand out. And I know for some people writing is difficult. So maybe if you have a friend who's really good at writing or a parent, maybe they can kind of help you. Or even just looking at if you Google like aesthetics resumes or go on LinkedIn, you can get a feel for what other people have said about themselves. And I just think it's important to choose words that make you stand out because when they're all the same words, it's really repetitive or when it's just boring to read, like, you know, I don't know. It's just no fun for anyone. But I think just be specific about what you did and just make it sound good, I guess. So I'll get into my bullet points. So first, Service Clean Beauty Swaps, which is a service we had at Credo, provided clients with new home care by going through each of their products to find new products that are clean, cruelty-free, and effective. Bullet point number two, created custom mini facials to address client needs by cleansing, hydrating, and massaging the skin with a customized express treatment. Next bullet point offered makeup lessons and makeup application appointments to guide through guide clients through how to do their makeup on their own as well as completed looks for special events. So honestly this is nothing amazing like if I had to redo it I'd probably make it a little less wordy but at the end of the, the day, I guess it <laughs> did the job. So I think, again, just putting that esthetician experience at the top 
and explaining what you did in your treatments. This was like, you know, my first job as an esthetician. I didn't even have a ton of experience in the actual spa room. So I kind of had to make the most of what I was doing. So it doesn't have to be super long, but just highlight the main points that that would translate into this new job opportunity. Okay, so the next point I want to make about resumes is that you might be thinking, I don't have any jobs that are relevant to aesthetics. Like, what do I do? Am I just starting from scratch? So my answer is no. The reason I'm sometimes I'm kind of hesitant to like going into my resume is because it really is nothing spectacular. After my experience at Credo, I have social media editor at E! News, social media editor at The Hollywood Reporter, copywriter for Nordstrom Rack, executive assistant at a PR company. Like these all seem very random. And I remember when I was doing interviews, like people were just a little thrown off because there's not a lot of like former Hollywood editors that transition into an aesthetics jobs. But I think there are ways to make your applicable job skills stand out. So if you worked at a nonprofit, if you worked in the restaurant industry, if you worked in hospitality, at hotels, whatever it may be, at the end of the day, every job is serving someone. Every job is technically a service job. So I'm sure there are applicable skills that you could transfer over, especially in hospitality or working at restaurants. Like you, it's all about, you know, your relationship with guests, that kind of thing. I think that's really valued in aesthetics and don't underestimate, like even working at a restaurant that requires a lot of hustle and a really good bedside manner. So I would just emphasize what you have. Everybody's got to start somewhere and you will find the place that you are a fit for. Maybe don't get your absolute dream job out of aesthetic school. Maybe that's the second or third job. Every spa is so different in what they look for. So I kind of think I got lucky in finding a really first compassionate business owner who is willing to take a chance on me. And the fact that she was willing to hire a newer esthetician, like I am eternally grateful because a lot of spas are looking for more seasoned estheticians, but you will find somewhere that is willing to take you on. And the reason this might take a little bit more searching is because it takes time out of their day to train you. Like all these services can be taught, but it takes somebody really starting from ground zero and kind of being willing to take on potential faux pas you may have in the spa room, in the spa setting. So just be patient and have faith that you will find somewhere that is willing to take you on. And when you do find that that place, it will be for the best. So don't take the rejection too personally. I have had spots tell me I don't have enough experience. So just know it happens to everyone, but it's all going to work out in the end. Kind of wrapping that up, I just want to emphasize All jobs have transferable skills, so do not feel like what you have done in the past doesn't transfer over. Even my mentor, one of my mentors, Douglas Preston, has told me 
for you young people, if you are just volunteering, like he said, that's something he looks for some, somebody who has compassion for others and who, you know, is patient and doesn't just hop around from job to job. He said he really values people who are altruistic. So people who volunteer or people who put their time into certain jobs and see them through. Okay, the next portion I want to get into is certifications. So at my resume, on my resume, this is, I have a little section under my experience, and the section is called education. So this is where I put all of my schooling. So I actually have three little bullet points at the top. I have like the additional classes. So I have Concepts Institute. And it says clinical certification in progress. So this was a certification I was earning at the Institute. And then under that, I explained my classes. It says completed certifications with Michelle Fallon, who is very well known in the Bay Area. So I felt okay putting her name on there. So for skin analysis, cosmetic ingredients, advanced acne training, microcurrent, chemical peels. So those are all the classes I had taken. And if you are thinking about taking advanced classes, I think it is so worth it because I think that really makes you stand out, especially taking something like an ingredients course. I think spas like to see that you know a little bit more than just the baseline and, and that you had the you know passion and interest in kind of going above and beyond what was expected and seeking out more information. I think that just speaks really highly of you. And I think an ingredients course is a great place to start if you are thinking about an outside class to take. And I know that is available, by the way, on the Concepts Institute website. It's an online class, so anyone can take it. And I would highly, highly recommend Actually, at Dermaplus, we were all thinking about taking it, and it was cool because I could say, oh, I've already taken. I would take it again for a refresher, but it is a great class, and, you know, it just makes you look good. And I have under the education part is Skyline College, where I went to aesthetics school. So I put the dates that I was there, and I put cosmetology esthetician one and two, and then a little colon focused on skincare, including physiology and histology of the skin, facials, chemical peels, microdermabrasion, hair removal, and makeup application. Accepted clients two days per week, manage the spa, develop case studies, attended makeup and skincare workshops and shows, lessons, and trade shows. Okay, so that is kind of what I had to say about aesthetic school, and I think it is good here to put if you are licensed or if your license is in progress. Just be honest about where you're at also. I know that kind of goes without saying, but you don't need to lie and say you have your license if you don't because they will find out. So just be honest in your journey, even if that means you would have to wait a few months to have a job with them. Okay, and then lastly, I have my bachelor's degree from Chapman, which was creative writing and PR. I know that's not applicable to everyone, but it just shows 
that I have that additional level of education. And I put that I was on the dean's list and the honor roll just because that makes me stand out as a responsible type of person. Okay, so we went through putting your aesthetics job at the top of the resume, your other jobs and applicable skills, putting those on the resume too, and additional classes and certifications you have, whether your license is in progress or complete. Okay, next I want to get into some little components of the resume overall that maybe if you've never written a resume or just kind of want to polish yours up, maybe these are a good reminder. Okay, so of course you want everything to be spell-checked and you want correct grammar. I actually noticed going through my resume and as I'm reading it out loud, I had a few teensy little spelling mistakes. So I'm very thankful that wasn't, you know, unacceptable or looked down upon, but I would just, you know, you really want to put yourself your best face forward and your best resume out there so they have the best first impression of you. So I would comb through your resume a few different times. Have somebody like a parent or your friends read your resume because you'd be surprised. You will catch new things every time. And it really depends on the type of job you're going for. Maybe with estheticians, they're a little bit more lenient, but I would just make sure you look really polished and everything is correct. Another point I wanted to make is that everything, all of your bullet points should be the same tense. So you don't want some to be in the past tense, some in the present. I think then it's just confusing. You want everything to be the same so that it's just really easy to read. Okay, the next point is that all your contact info should be at the top of the resume. So at the top of my resume, I have Tess Zolly and then a little line for kind of like graphic appeal. And then I have my cell phone and my email. Some people put their address. You can if you want. I think this is kind of what's necessary. And I like to put my references, by the way, on a separate page because I think that can just be something you say, I can make those available upon request. I don't think it necessarily needs to be in the resume. And another reason being is my next point, I think it's good to keep it to one page. They don't need to see every little thing you have done since high school, unless you're in high school. But I think for me, it can be hard because you've had, a, you may have had more jobs than you put on your resume and you feel like, oh, I'm wasting that opportunity if it's not on there. But no, I'd say really just pick the most important applicable ones or pick, you know, three, four, five of them as long as it fits on one page and the text is not too small. You really want it to be clear, easy to read, a nice format. So I think keeping it to one page is kind of the unspoken rule about resumes. Okay, so you're keeping it to one page. Everything's clear and readable. And I would say in addition to the contact info, I would put your little social media page for aesthetics, not for personal. But if you have a, 
a social media page that you post your aesthetics portfolio on, pictures from school, anything like that. I think it's nice to include. I think it makes you stand out. I think it shows that you are passionate. And I think I've said this before, but I think the resume maybe it's actually going to be like totally depleted in 10 years. Who knows how long like an actual resume will be around. I think things are starting to switch over to social media. I know hiring managers are going on social media and trying to find you. So if you can make what they go to find actually reflect your business, I think that looks really good. And I know one of the reasons I was kind of an appealing candidate was my social media made me stand out. My YouTube made me stand out and the different things I was doing and posting on social media just showed that this was my passion. And even in my free time, this is what I wanted to devote my time to. So I think it's really great if you can have a social media page, everyone should have one. And that should be appropriate, by the way. Okay, so next, I think all everything you describe should be kind of vibrant wording it should be concise descriptions again if I were to redo what I have been explaining about my resume I would make it more concise I would make the verbiage even more vibrant I would make make it just easy and fun to read I think I I kind of have some run-on sentences here so I think you can do even better than me with this you can have you know some of your loved ones chip in and give you options for alternate sentences, whatever you have to do to make sure it sounds good. I'd say it is worth the time for sure. Okay, next, I think it can be really helpful to include any little sales figures or numbers that showcase how you grew the business you are working at. I'll give you guys an example. So I'm looking at my resume. And so when I was a social media editor at The Hollywood Reporter, I have increased Facebook and Instagram followings year over year by over 250%. I also have one statistic that says set record 500,000 page views through social referrals in August 2015. So maybe yours is more like increased overall company sales goals by this percentage or set record goal of, you know, whatever number sold in retail. Maybe you have to look at a paycheck and kind of do some crunching of numbers. This isn't absolutely necessary, but I think it does make you stand out and makes you look really professional. Like you had goals, you attain them, and you're able to put them on resume. Okay, the last thing I will say is that I think it's best to really save and send a resume in PDF format. I think just opening Word can be a little, I don't know, messy. So I would send your resume in PDF format. And that's another kind of unspoken rule of sending out your resume. So I think that just makes you look extra put together. And that is what I have to say about the overall structure of the resume. So I hope that helps. Not saying I'm the absolute expert in making the best aesthetics resume. I think mine has room for improvement. 
But I think overall, you want to put your education, you want to clearly explain your experience. I think it's important to just have a good overall format, have your contact info easy and available. Anything else you can put on there to make yourself stand out like a social media page or volunteer experience, I think that is all just a positive reflection of you. Okay. Lastly, I want to talk about kind of like a cover letter or a brief explanation that you put in your email. So I already read you guys kind of what I said to Dermaplus. So some people might choose to do a cover letter and that would be kind of more in depth explaining who you are, what you're looking for, why, why you think you are a great candidate. So I think that is always a good look to have a cover letter. It looks like in this case, I kind of just included that info in the email. I gave a background about where I was, I was in school, I was working at this place. So whatever you have to say about yourself, sometimes people may not have the time to read a full-on cover letter. And I have actually heard that some people say it can be a detriment to have it because it's just more information. Maybe somebody's more likely to overlook. I don't know if that's true or not. But in this case, I just reached out with a short, concise, passionate email. And that is what I kind of want to talk about next. Just make sure however you word it, whether it's a short email or an actual cover letter, you want to be polite, you want to be passionate, you want to be flexible in terms of when you can meet, and you want to be direct about what you want and why you want to work for them. So those are just a few little pillars I think are important for writing a cover letter and all of this should carry through from your resume to actually meeting them in person. Always be on time, always be professional, always be gracious. I think kind of at the heart of this and you know when I think back on this application process to Dermaplus, I am very blessed and fortunate I was put on this staff because it's made up of a lot of experienced estheticians, people who have worked there, you know, a number of years and had a lot of spa experience before that opportunity. But it just goes to show it's not all based on experience. Again, I think there are a few gems, a few specific spa owners who have the confidence to know they can train somebody and get them to the level they want them to be at. But it just, it does take somebody who's very patient and has a little bit of, I guess, forgiveness. But I think you can find that place. It's just about showcasing your personality and standing out. I just have a good overall memory of this application process because I was actually able to be myself when I met Andrea, the owner at Dermaplus. It was definitely like a special connection. And I know that may not happen for everyone or at everywhere you work, but I think if you can just totally be yourself, you have a better chance of like aligning with someone and just kind of vibing off of each other, which is, I think, what happened. So at the end of the day, it's not all about what is on your resume and the number of years of experience you have. It's about you as a person. Could they see you 
in their spot? Did they trust you to have a good bedside manner with their clientele? You know, do you come across as a kind person? Do you come across as a passionate person? Do you come across as somebody stubborn or somebody who wants to learn more, who's eager to learn, like emphasis on eager, just excited to learn more. And I know that's so many of you, like the only reason you follow me is because you're excited about this stuff. You're taking it on yourself. You're listening to this episode because you are so eager to learn more and be the best esthetician you can possibly be. So I know you guys have an amazing chance of succeeding because you are simply able to learn more. And I think a lot of times that goes, you know, a little bit stale with estheticians who feel seasoned, who feel comfortable, but no, at the end of the day, we all have to keep learning, taking classes, educating ourselves, pushing past what we're comfortable with, you know? So I think a lot of times new estheticians, even if you're green, I think there's a big positive to that because, some estheticians who have been doing what they've been doing for a number of years, it might be a little bit harder to mold them. So as somebody who's fresh, you don't have any bad habits. You are just a completely blank canvas for them to show, you know, what is expected and how to perform the services in a sanitary and excellent way. So I think don't underestimate yourself as a new esthetician. It may just be a matter of waiting a little bit, being patient, and definitely a lot of outreach until you get what you want. Okay, you guys, I am going to end this episode here because now I'm rambling, but I hope you enjoyed. If you have any questions, you can always reach me over DM or on YouTube. And I would love if you guys left a review. It really supports us as a smaller podcast. So We hope to hear from you and I will speak to you in the next episode. Bye. 